Okay, so this morning I have for you Ephesians 2. So we'll be in Ephesians 2. Um, if you were here with us last week, you got to hear um, God's love through John 3.16. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What a gift that is. Uh, we're going to dive into another gift of God um, that God has given us this morning, and that's grace. Um, so in Ephesians 2, I'm going to start with the first three verses. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children's of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So to kind of paint this picture, I'm going to take us over to Luke chapter 15. Uh, and we're going to start in verse 11. And this is the story of the prodigal son. Okay. And he said, therefore, or there, was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Give me the share of property that is coming to me. Okay, I, I don't know. I want to stop there for a second. And just, I don't know if you guys know the context of this. Um, to ask for your inheritance before your father has passed away, whoa. That's like asking your dad, I or telling your dad, I would rather you be dead, and I would rather have your money than to have you around. So I'm going to continue. That's, that's a, a pretty big insult for a son to say to his father. Um, and the father divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. No one gave him anything. Okay, so I would like you to just, well, just, just take a minute and look at the parallels between what just happened here. Okay, so um, by nature, we want to do what we want to do. We don't want to um, listen to God or, or we're quick to exchange what God's grace and what God's goodness has for us for something, uh, it, for something fleeting. Uh, that new car, who knows, um, something. Uh, I could even say I would rather fill my sorrows with food. I could, that temporary joy in food uh, would be something I would exchange for God's goodness and grace. Um, but as you see it in Ephesians, that we are dead in our trespasses and we walk in sin. Um, we enjoy the wrath. We, we were born into wrath. And we, we would follow that if we listened to the pull of the world. 
So, as you see, the prodigal son, uh, he's very near to death. He's very hungry. No one will give him any food. And then he remembers his father. So we'll continue in, in verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. So I'd like to jump back over to Ephesians 2. We're going to be in 4 through 7. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So we deserve death in verse 4. And then we see, but God being rich in mercy. If we take just that part, but God being rich in mercy, right there is the turn from wrath to love. Our actions of sin and disobedience demand action. God being the good Father made a way out of eternal death. He gave us grace through Jesus Christ. You see that grace being shown in the parable of the prodigal son, where the father, being God, is just waiting for us to come running home. We also see how God, through Jesus, pours out the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. As the prodigal son had placed on him the best robe, a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet, God also wants to pour out on you his riches through Jesus. If you would only believe in Jesus, you would never hunger or thirst again because you have been placed under your father's house where even the slaves have more than enough to eat. I want to support that idea with John 6:35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. 
So I'd like to jump back to Ephesians 8 and 9. It's the pinnacle of the text. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want to share with you the definition of grace. Being unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. If we continue to look through the lens of the prodigal son, now that we have been accepted into our Father's house, house with a great celebration and we have been fully humbled by knowing on our own means, we are led to death. But through our Father and Jesus Christ, we are given a new life. And in response to this, we are led to good works, not to earn the favor of our Father so that we could earn our way to heaven. Uh, because we know all we can earn is death by our own means. As we are filled with God's love and gifts, that he gives through grace, those gifts and love spill from us like a cup that is overfull to spill on those who God has placed along the path that he has already prepared for us. With that being said, if you haven't made that step of faith to believe in Jesus as your Savior, I would like to invite you to receive the gift of Jesus into your heart. You can do that as easy as praying to God to forgive, you the sin, to forgive you of the sin that lives in you. You can pray, God, I choose to believe that Jesus died on a cross and rose again on the third day to pay for sin once and for all. And if you have already done this, we would like to invite you to take communion to remember, oh, to remind us what Jesus did on the cross to save us from sin. As we take the bread that is, the, is in remembrance of Jesus' body that was broken for us, and we drink the cup to remind us of the blood of Jesus that was shed for us in propitiation of our sin, as well there is a box on the wall next to the table to put a gift or offering if you have come prepared with those. So I'd like to let us bow our heads and we will pray and we will continue to worship um, and, and give thanks to our great God. So Lord, I just thank you for uh, your great love and for um, how you have worked in our life uh, and that you would build us up in, in your word and strengthen us uh, through your grace in Jesus Christ. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.